Hello and welcome to the monthly Megabyte CEO Barometer. At Megabyte we track the financial performance, corporate activity and strategic positioning of over 6,000 of the UK's leading technology and digital businesses. Each month our research team analyses dozens of results and corporate transactions in the UK tech sector. As well as delivering extensive company financial and transaction data, our team leverages some 500 CEO relationships to bring our subscribers deep insight into the companies and technology peer groups we track. The aim of this show every month is to summarise the research and data on the Megabyte platform from the last month with a particular focus on the key themes around corporate activity and valuations. Of course, subscribers can get access to all of the underlying research and data on the Megabyte platform. And if you think that the research that we provide at Megabyte may be of help to you and you're not yet a subscriber, we'd love to hear from you. The best thing to do is to go to uh, our website at megabyte.com and hit the request uh, trial button. And you can now set up an automatic trial of our news analysis service, the, the Megabyte Newswire, um, and also request a demo of the wider platform. So if that's of use to you, or you think it might be of use to you, we'd love to hear from you. So here's a quick canter through the key highlights of November's CEO barometer. I'm sorry to say that it was a pretty depressing month for share prices, both here and in the US. We saw uh, on both sides of the Atlantic about a 5% average reduction in share prices across the board. And what, is that, what that's meant here in the UK is that the average um, EV EBITDA valuation for UK listed tech stocks is now um, on a new 10-year low at 11 times EV EBITDA. Deal activity was also very slow uh, during October. After a period of quite strong deal activity, relatively speaking, over the summer, it felt like things were picking up a bit, but it now really feels like we've sort of gone back into the doldrums a little bit. There were 81 deals uh, registered on our database uh, during October, and that was down by about a quarter on uh, October 2022. And it was with maybe the exception of private equity, which wasn't too bad, it was weak across the board. Uh, I think particularly weak is capital markets, which as regular listeners to the show will remember, I've been talking a little bit about green shoots there, but it certainly seemed like, seems like those green shoots have wilted for now. And there was no fundraising activity report to report across the megabyte database during October. And as I said, valuations are continuing to slip for public companies. Um, I talked quite a bit last month about an improving picture in venture capital, and I do still think that the underlying picture is improving, uh, but it was nevertheless a very quiet month for fundraising in venture capital with just 221 million raised across 28 deals. That's the quietest month for fundraising that we have seen uh, since we started collecting stats at Megabyte on the VC market five years ago. Uh, as I mentioned, PE is a, 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 arguably a bright spot, a little bit of a relative bright spot, although there were only there were nine deals registered on our database during October. That was down from 14 in October last year. Um, but overall, we're seeing broadly flat, slightly down levels of private equity activity and a, a roughly even split across secondary and management buyouts. M&A volumes continue to be weak overall. We're still not seeing a return, and I don't believe we will see a return in the short term to uh, the sort of volume M&A, uh, roll-up type M&A that we were seeing in software and ICT services. Uh, there is some of that going on, but it's at much, much lower levels than it was a couple of years ago or even a year ago. The main kind of story really in M&A, as I alluded to a second ago, is that the, uh, the capital markets, uh, there is a lot of deal activity with public companies being acquired with just with three software companies just in October receiving trade bids, uh, quite chunky software companies receiving trade bids. And I'll obviously talk a lot more about that as we go through the show. So thinking about the outlook, um, you know, I, I talk, I've talked quite positively about the outlook in the last couple of shows. And I do continue to believe that underlying uh, what is really quite a, a difficult market at the moment, we are seeing um, people getting used to the new norm. And I think we will start to see some improvement um, as we go into next year. That said, um, that improvement is much 
is, is slower than I expected it to be and I think will take some time. You know, the macroeconomic conditions, the uh, cost of debt is really uh, uh, causing uh, quite a lot of distress in parts of the market. And I think that's going to continue for some time to come. But as they say, it's darkest before the dawn and it feels quite dark at the moment, but there is uh, optimism underneath there starting to come through in a very modest way, I think. So before I dive into the detail of the show, I just wanted to um, highlight something that I highlighted at the end of last month's show, which is a research program we're doing here at Megabyte that I'm leading on AI readiness. And we are talking to um, as many companies as, as can find the time, frankly, both software and ICT services companies, to try and understand um, how they're viewing the AI opportunity and threat in their market and for their company, both in terms of how they're using AI internally to drive operational efficiency um, and productivity, and also what they're thinking about in terms of AI for their product and service strategy to customers. Um, I'm going to be writing a report, I'm going to be publishing that in the spring, and if you want to be involved in this research program, if you want to give your opinion, um, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, reach out with me on email if we know each other. If we don't, then uh, please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and we'll see if we can find a time. And you will, of course, receive a, a free copy of the research when it's available um, if you're able to spend some time on this. And, you know, I think this is, you know, one of the defining, uh, one of the defining kind of um, uh, points for uh, tech companies over the next five to ten years, as I've said many times on the show, and I really want to start framing that conversation with some with some proper research to try and help CEOs in our network to understand what good looks like. So that's the plan. If you want to be involved in that, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, please drop me a line. So um, moving on with the show, and to kick off uh, to think about uh, per capital markets, as I always do. Um, it has been a pr truly bad, truly terrible few weeks for the capital markets. As I mentioned at the top of the show, um, you know, there's no sugarcoating it. October was one of the worst months we've seen for a long time. Um, overall, tech share prices in the UK were down 5%, um, and the EV EBITDA thereon was down 5% as well to 10.7 times. That's a fresh 10-year low. Uh, they've, not been, uh, they've not been this low now uh, since, uh, since just after the global financial crisis. Um, software uh, sector share prices were down 4%. ICT services down 5%. Both valuations down about 5%. Software down to 11.3 times. ICT services down to nine times on average. And it's actually not really a tech sector problem, this, in some senses, because the FTSE 250 was also down 5% in, in October. So just a bad period uh, for UK capital markets generally, and also in the US. The NASDAQ was down 3%. Uh, the valuation there is down 4% to 14.7 uh, times on average. And the BVP Cloud Index was down again significantly in October by 7%. And EV sales multiple um, on the um, BVP cloud index was down to 6.2 times. That was pushing up above eight a couple of months ago. And that's significant, um, not just because it what it tells you about capital markets sentiment, but also that is a very regularly used uh, metric for VC fundraisings and valuations. So that was another factor that I think was starting to see a bit of green shoots in VC, but that might have petered out a little bit um, over the last couple of months, partly because of that, not entirely because of that. So in terms of deal raise, uh, fundraising activity deals in the UK capital markets, absolutely nothing to talk about. Uh, there were no fundraisings, no follow-on public offerings, no IPOs going on in the, in the capital markets, and it does feel like it's gone back to being tumbleweed. And there's a, some sentiment around at the moment that's really not helping. And one of the big news stories, I think, that in that regard was cab payments. Uh, this is a company that listed... I've talked about it a couple of times on the podcast over the last few months, listed in London um, over the summer. And it's a, it's a payments business, a currency uh, transaction business, but uh, with a focus on emerging market currencies. And there's a, a clue in, uh, in what has gone wrong in that, in that title. And issued a profit warning during October uh, 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 about, I think about the fact that it was having too, had too much exposure to Nigerian currencies or something similar to that. The main point is that the shares are now down 80%. 
uh, from the IPO price just a few weeks after it listed, which is the last thing that the capital markets needed is a high profile IPO flop um, at this point in the cycle. And I think that's going to put pay to any significant IPO activity. Not that there seemed to be a lot coming through anyway. There was some press reports about a company called Internet, Internet Mobile Communications. Quite a chunky business in revenue terms, but it's kind of a minutes trading business, so it's very low margin. Um, and um, uh, cash flow metrics look pretty awful. I had a look at it on Companies House, but I don't know the business, so I shouldn't be too harsh about it. But um, I don't think we're going to see a return to the quality IPOs that we really need to get that market uh, moving again anytime soon, sadly. Interesting to see that Klarna, uh, buy now, pay later uh, business, is, has been talking about an IPO for some time. That does seem to be getting a bit closer now. Um, but you know, although that business is headquarters in London, uh, it is uh, almost certainly going to list in uh, New York. So I don't think we're going to see any of the benefit of that listing in London, sadly. So thinking about valuations and just talking a little bit about the outlook before I move on to talk about what's happening in private equity. As I mentioned, public company valuations on average now are at a 10-year low at about 11 times on average, just under that. Um, but we have to bear in mind that post-global financial crisis, the average was um, between six and seven times EV EBITDA, um, with, um, with ICT services companies trading below five times and software companies trading uh, significantly below 10 times. So theoretically, we could continue to see some, some ongoing weakness in, in valuations. They could, they could halve if they were going to go to the, as low as they got after the global financial crisis. Candidly, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think things are as bad as they were back then. And I think that, but I do think it's possible we'll see an average valuation in the single digits for the, for the sector before things improve. So pretty tough, uh, pretty tough out there. Um, the most significant thing going on in the capital markets at the moment really is not uh, what, cap, what public companies themselves are doing. It is what is being done unto them. And uh, we had three significant uh, bids on uh, uh, Sofion on the market and Tribal during October. So those, uh, those are all businesses with over 100 million of market cap, I think. Um, certainly um, near that level or above. S meaningful businesses on the capital markets. And there have been about a dozen businesses in the last few months that have either been acquired by private equity or been acquired by trade or in the process of doing so with very little coming the other way. So I'm afraid that de-equitization story for now is accelerating rather than decelerating, which is quite sad to see. Um, so uh, it looked like we were gonna get some green shoots. As I said, those green shoots have been squished sadly and uh, the, the outlook for capital markets again is looking um, you know, quite weak certainly for the short term. Uh, again, I'm a, a glass half full guy and you know, let's hope that there are more IPOs coming through next year. Um, it, it remains to be seen, um, but uh, certainly for now, capital markets looking really quite challenging. So that's a quick and rather depressing canter through what's been happening in capital markets. I will talk next about what's been going on in private equity. So the, um, the private equity segment of the megabyte coverage is probably about as close as we get to a good news story uh, in this month's uh, megabyte CEO barometer, I'm afraid. And even that's not particularly outstanding. So we saw uh, nine deals on the database uh, added to the megabyte database during um, October. That was down from 14 this time last year. So, so you know, negative from that perspective. But overall, year to date, we've seen about a 15% reduction overall in um, in, in PE activity, which is relatively strong compared to other areas of the, of the tech sector. Just looking at a little bit of detail about where those nine deals were, we saw three deals each in management buyouts, secondary buyouts, and carve-outs. Interestingly, no public to privates uh, completed, so actually no new deals on our database uh, during October, but that does belie the level of activity that I've talked about um, on the show so far, and I'll talk more about in the M&A section at the end of the show. Um, thinking about the detail of 
some of the deals, looking at some of the um, some of the different deals that are worth talking about. So an MBO, Fruition is an HCM tech-enabled um, services business. That was um, a management buyout led by an Irish PM, PE firm I had not come across before actually called Erispeg. And uh, we think that was about a 50 million pound deal. Interesting to see Soho Square back in the uh, in the tech sector with a, um, um, a, sm a small management buyout and minority interest in assured data protection. That's in cyber services and backup services. I think also interesting to see Vista Equity Partners. We think of Vista Equity Partners, well, I certainly do, as being the kind of big software buyout guys involved in advanced and, sof and software companies like that. But they do have a... They do have a smaller fund called Endeavor, and they complete an investment in a small business, Jersey business, um, software business called Gatekeeper, which is in the contract lifecycle management business. So I think, certainly as far as our database is concerned, that is the first lower mid-market deal that Vista's done in the UK. Um, so that, I think, um, maybe, it's, maybe it's not a significant trend, but I thought that was an interesting one. And um, in secondary buyouts, um, although, uh, as I mentioned, trading conditions seem to be really quite tough in large parts of the IT consulting market, it doesn't seem to be stopping any uh, deal activity. Quite the opposite. Lots going on in that part of the market. And Stanley Capital invested um, in Roboyo, which is a, a RPA consulting business that was previously owned by MML. And we think that was about a £100 million deal. Elsewhere in secondary buyouts, I am Property. Uh, uh, that was an exit by LDC to Perwin at what we think was about... 285 million, about five times trading sales. So there's a lot going on, quite a lot going on in prop tech at the moment. That was an interesting deal, and I think a really good exit for LDC. And in HCM, um, the very vibrant space of private equity, as you probably know, another deal for Tenzing, which has carved out a real specialization in this part of the market. And they did the secondary buyout of a small um, learning and performance management software business called Totara Learning. So uh, interesting sort of deal activity at various size ranges within uh, secondary buyouts. And lastly, carve-outs, which is a really interesting couple of really interesting deals to talk about. It, I've, I talked last month and I've talked a couple of times about the kind of restructuring that TalkTalk Talk is doing as a private company and um, tangible progress in that regard during October with the, the uh, carve-out of TalkTalk Talk Business, its B2B telecom services arm. Um, that was uh, effectively carved out to the existing shareholders of TalkTalk, Talk, Tosca and Penta for 95 million, what we think was about five or six times EV EBITDA. And also in the data analytics space in the legal sector, Allen and Overy has divested its uh, business in that regard to called Aosphere to inflection for what we think is about a £200 million deal. And also at the smaller end, TPX Impact, um, AIM-listed TPX Impact, uh, continues to restructure itself and did a buyout of its um, Norwegian business. So quite a wide range of activity across PE um, showing some health. I think thinking about the outlook before we move on, I think that um, you know, in terms of trading, we are seeing a real range of of, of performance within PE portfolios. You've definitely got some businesses that I wouldn't say are not noticing any downturn, but certainly continue to trade very well. And at the other end, you've got ones that are trading really difficult, uh, having real trading difficulties, uh, particularly some of those that are selling to fund services, which feels very tough at the moment. Um, and, and where you're seeing weaker trading with excess leverage, you are seeing some uh, situations such as CSI where uh, the equity uh, is not worth anything and they end up being owned by the banks. And I think, sadly, we are going to see a few, a few more of those uh, kind of situations before, uh, before the uh, cycle is, this element, this part of the cycle is complete. In terms of valuations, I wonder now, they had really stabilised over the summer at, a, at a not a bad level, and they're definitely still higher than they are within the capital markets. But I do slightly worry and wonder whether maybe the further reduction in valuations on the capital markets, I mean, software businesses on average trading at 11 times EV EBITDA is, is something we haven't seen for a very long time. 
quite hard for private equity to justify paying 20 times for a software business. Um, I guess hence why we're seeing so much P2P and, and takeover activity in the, in the capital markets. Um, so I just wonder whether we might see a little bit of softness in private equity valuations, which had seemed a bit more robust. But we'll see. I, I wouldn't overstate that, but I think that's a possibility for the outlook over the next few months. So PE, a relative bright spot, getting on with business. You, know, you can't be a PE fund and not do investments and, and exits. So it's going to continue at a reasonable level, I think. Um, but again, quite a challenging environment still, even for PE. So that's it, looking at PE. I'll talk next, as I always do, about what's happening in venture capital and growth, which is growth capital, which is a really quite challenging part of the market um, over the last few weeks. Regular listeners to the show will know that I've been talking a bit more positively about the, uh, the, the venture capital market over the last couple of months. And I still, I do continue to believe that we're seeing, we're seeing uh, you know, underlying improvement in sentiment in venture capital, but not, not, uh, notwithstanding that, October was a really incredibly quiet month with 27, 28 deals uh, to talk about um, on the month, uh, down nearly half on uh, October 2022, down by nearly half on October 2022. And um, uh, funds raised, as I mentioned earlier in the show, just 221 million. That's the, 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 slowest, the, the slowest month of fundraising since, uh, since we started collecting data on this part of the market five years ago. And you're seeing real weakness at both ends. You're, I mean, there's weakness in the middle as well, but particularly seeing weakness at the pre-Series A level and also at the later stage. Later stage is something that's been going on for a while. These 100 million plus deals are a few and far between these days. They are still happening, but maybe one a month if you're lucky. There certainly was none during October. And the pre-Series A, where there's real caution about startups, very early stage businesses, is also very weak. You know, uh, I think we only saw nine of those transactions during October. Uh, we were seeing 40 or 50 a month at the peak of the market. So that's been absolutely decimated, that part of the market. Um, so, you know, a difficult month, but I think overall, and I'll talk about the outlook in a minute, but overall, it's not all bad. Just thinking about a couple of notable deals. As I say, nothing, um, no chunky, particularly chunky deals. The biggest deal that we, re we registered on the database during October was the $40 million Series C from, from health tech business um, Automata, and also quite a lot going in fintech, interestingly. Fintech has been quieter. As you know, it was a sort of darling of the VC world through um, most of the last four, four or five years, up to a year or so ago. But three deals worth talking about there, a £17 million Series B with Global Cap, an £18 million Series B with uh, Mine Foundry, and interestingly, £20 million of growth capital going to RailsR, formerly RailsBank, which um, has really been struggling, uh, but that now looks like maybe it's got the funding to climb out of the hole. So uh, interesting deal there, I think. So in terms of the outlook with VC, I think that um, I, I do remain fairly clear that there is an underlying positive trend here. I did say last month that it would be volatile, and certainly this month or the last month certainly proves that that's the case. But I think when we think about the medium to longer term outlook in VC, I think that and try and raise our gaze above the short term noise, I think there's a couple of kind of key points to bear in mind. Um, one is that, as I said, I think that there is a gradually improving, uh, improving sentiment underneath uh, what's going on in a very challenging market. And it is still very challenging from a trading perspective for scale up businesses. But the other key point is I think we are now starting to see really tangible signs of a shift towards what I would describe and others describe as a deep tech, more deep tech investing around AI. Some of the investors thinking about moving from pure software investing to semiconductors and other areas like climate tech. So we're seeing, I think, quite a big generational shift going on in what VCs are investing in. So those companies that are doing startups and early stage businesses at the moment that are 
looking to replicate, maybe do it better and more efficiently, a SaaS business that, that's been around in an area, an established area, that's probably not the way to go. I think startups really need to be thinking about solving tomorrow's problems with AI, um, you know, new technology, uh, fundamental sort of semiconductor technology, health, clean tech executive that I've been talking about, rather than trying to do a better SaaS business uh, that's similar to one that's already there, but just better and shinier. I don't think that's really the way to go with that part of the market. And I think we're gonna start seeing a lot more of that uh, trend as we go through 2024. So very difficult month for VC. Um, but underlying trend is still positive. Uh, and I'll wrap up the show next, as I always do with a look at M&A and a sort of final wrap up on the outlook. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, um, really quite a quiet month, very quiet month for M&A activity. Deal, val deal volumes were down 31% in October to 45. And we saw a similar reduction in deal um, deal volumes in software down to 30 deals and ICT services down to 15 deals. And there's kind of a couple of um, kind of polarized points really that I wanted to bring out in terms of activity levels. On the one hand, we are continuing to see weakness in smaller run rate M&A. That's been the case for some months now and that, that continues to be weak and I think will continue to be weak for the time being, mainly because I think the main cause of that weakness is the lower availability of debt and obviously the increased cost of that debt. Um, and that is really hampering that kind of activity which is largely predicated on debt funding rather than equity funding. However, at the other end of the market, and in terms of size, we are seeing continuing quite a lot of M&A activity at the, at the larger end of the market. Some of that is the public company takeovers that um, I've talked about and I'll, I'll focus on in a minute. Um, but some of it is elsewhere in the market where we're just seeing um, some, some larger M&A activity, which suggests confidence is not too bad in some boardrooms. So looking at some of those deals in uh, ICT services first, um, I think that, you know, I've talked a bit about IT consulting through the show this month and in previous months, and it really is a, despite the fact that there are, there is real weakness in parts of that market from a trading perspective, a lot going on from an M&A perspective, a couple of chunky deals to talk about. Accenture uh, is really active in this market and it um, acquired or announced the acquisition of IEG backed 6.6, sorry, ICG backed 6.6 uh, for 130 million, what we think was 130 million. Uh, in October. That was Accenture's third deal in the UK market alone, and it's done many more deals internationally in this part of the market, very active, um, and particularly interested in, in businesses that have kind of a data aspect to them and has been very vocal about building its business in AI and data. Um, elsewhere in IT consulting in the Google market, Marlin Equity, uh, Northedge backed uh, cloud technology solutions, acquired it, sort of one of its key kind of competitors and peers in the market, Apps Broker, for what we think was a 90 million pound deal. So that's really, I guess, a merger of two PE back, sorry, a PE back business with an owner-managed business. Um, and um, we know that the Apps Broker management team are going to be kind of involved in, in that, in the group going forward. So interesting deal also in IT um, consulting. Elsewhere in ICT services, it has been a bit quieter, but I would highlight Luminet's um, 35, what we think was 35 million pound um, acquisition by Gresham House back telecoms group. So Luminet's been a long-standing kind of company that we cover at Megabyte. So interesting to see them uh, them sort of exiting that business. Um, elsewhere in ICT though, fairly quiet. The big story on software has really been uh, public, uh, uh, take privates, uh, trade deals of public companies where they are being taken off the market. Um, on the market, being uh, bid for by CoStar at 88 million, Sofion being um, bid for by Wellspring Worldwide for 96 million, and Tribal being bid for by Elucian at 173 million, all happening in the last few weeks. Um, and you know, Alpha Financial Markets talking about uh, talking about take private again didn't happen again, but you kind of can't help feeling that's going to happen eventually. 
We know that GB Group had uh, had talks about Take Private last year. That feels that that probably will end up going off the market at some point. So the software sector sort of vanishing a little bit uh, rather depressingly in the public companies. But in the meantime, there's some fees in there for the advisors. Um, elsewhere in software, just to highlight an um, interesting deal for Proofpoint acquiring Tessian. Uh, this is in the kind of cybersecurity space. We don't know a value on that. Tessian has raised 96 million uh, in total, and I would imagine that that deal was uh, done at somewhere over 96 million, uh, given the sort of structure of those VC deals with downside protection. I just think that's a really interesting deal, not only from a cybersecurity kind of consolidation perspective, but also as a, as a sort of a, a typical deal that we're starting to see, and I think we'll see more of in the VC market where. Um, I guess VC investors are looking at a business that's not trading badly at all. Tessian was doing well, but it wasn't growing in that kind of 100% plus that you really want it to be doing to continue to raise VC funds. And, it, and I'm, I'm guessing, but I suspect that the, the investors felt that a reasonably good takeover where they get at least to get their money back um, is better than continuing to put money into a business that probably won't um, you know, grow at that kind of scale that it had been previously. So not a bad uh, situation for Tessian, but I think symptomatic of where we are in the VC market at the moment and, and will be going forward. So that's a look at the M&A market, really quite interesting during October, even though deal volumes were quite low, relatively speaking. So what about the outlook? I've talked a bit about it in different parts of the market, and I ended my show last month talking really on quite a positive note about the outlook. I've ended the last couple of shows talking about that, um, and definitely the stats during October seem to contradict that view. Um, however, as I said previously, they do say that it's darkest before the dawn, and I do see that the tech sector outlook right now is not as bad as it seems. It's not brilliant, but it's not as bad as it seems. Trading for most companies certainly is tougher than it has been for over a decade. And sales cycles are long, right? Costs are rising. And in many cases, balance sheets, or in some cases, balance sheets are significantly overstretched, which is causing quite a lot of stress. Um, but just as when you're at the top of the cycle, that you don't always really realise you're at the top of the cycle and you think that it's probably going to carry on. I think when you're at the bottom of the cycle, which I'm sure we are at or near the bottom of the cycle now, um, the same crowd mentality persists and you think that this is how it's going to be for the time being. So um, I don't know whether things are going to start to improve after Christmas or later next year, but I do remain confident that when I'm talking to you this time next year, God willing, that, um, that things will be better than they are now. So I would like to end what has been a rather downbeat CEO barometer on a more positive note and um, hope for a better year in 2024 because 2023 really has been a very challenging year for many people in the sector. So thank you again for listening this month. Just a quick reminder on that AI programme. If you want to talk to us about what you think about and what your business is doing in AI, please drop me a line on LinkedIn or via email if you've got my email address. And I look forward to speaking to you about that. And I look forward to speaking to you all again next month with a wrap up of what's been happening during November. So until then, thanks for listening and stay safe.